Okay, y'all, today's podcast is a double header, which that actually is not a correct title for what this is, but we're going to... Ironically, yes and no. Yeah. Like, technically, <laughs> like, it's true because we'll get there, but it is and it isn't. Yeah, I guess, okay, yeah, so it kind of is. Um, so we're going to actually talk about two weeks programming in this one because they are dependent on one another, and um, that's Purusha and Prakriti, and... I'm just going to let Jenna take it away from here. Yes. So once upon a time in a land far, far away. No, I'm kidding. Like, (laughs) once upon a time, uh, aka literally right now, there are two aspects to the universe. You have Purusha and Prakriti. These are fundamental ideas in Samkhya philosophy which is the main, one of the main view orientations in Southeast Asian philosophy. It's the root of what we erroneously call today Hinduism, right? Aveda Vedanta or Santana Dharma. And so these two ideas form the backbone of where almost everything else comes from. So Patanjali lives in this Purusha Prakriti world. Um, the Bhagavad Gita lives in the Purusha Prakriti world. The Vedas live in the Purusha Prakriti world. So all of this is central to a lot of the content we talk about. Where it is not part of kind of what we engage with too particularly in the studio is it's not really part of as much in some of the non-dualistic arenas. So this is still a dualistic philosophy and it's coming at it from that lens. But basically the simplest idea is The entire universe is made of things with two aspects, one of two aspects. Purusha, the cosmic unchanging state of being, or Prakriti, which is the changing manifest state of being. And I use my words on this really carefully because some folks will call Purusha and Prakriti like the eternal aspect or the... um, matter aspect and I think that actually gets us in my opinion this is strictly my opinion gets us a little bit away from really what they are because they get too close to these like judeo-christian ideas of like the soul Mm -hmm. and its eternality and matter and its decomposition not that those aren't part of Purusha and Prakriti they are but I'm always advocating for us to think about things in a lot bigger way Right? It's not just us and our bodies, although that's usually how we get to things. Purusha and Prakriti is everything. And it's one of those two things. So I try to use it as like the unchanging aspect of reality and the changing aspect of reality. Because those are a lot more generic, really. Um, so yeah, so Purusha came into existence. And in the Vedas originally, Purusha was embodied in a, the form of a cosmic man. Um, which is a hilarious hot take and flex, which I didn't actually know for a long time until I read a, not a book, but did a big podcast series on it. Not for this, but listened to one. And he, he, in the oldest versions where Purusha's referenced, he was like this big giant, like Grecian hero, cosmic man. Like he's like, I don't know what the equivalent is of like the ultimate cross lift or crossfitter of all time, but he was that dude. Rich Okay, he's that guy. Well, I and guess like, now it's Matt Frazier, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
whoever that dude is that does like all the double unders eternally and like whatever those bar chin up things y'all do like whatever those are he's doing those okay and he's eternal he's schwarzenegger in his heyday he's literally never losing he's never changing he's like the man and at some point what's weird about Purusha is it went from being this like cosmic demigod crossfitter dude to like an ethereal quality and I always wonder if it was like he was a form of God mm-hmm. and then it, they realized that they had gods and they didn't need this extra one so it kind of evolved into a quality mm-hmm. so the idea is like the Purusha is the eternal but it's the eternal in everything so like if you were to come to my classes last year when I, we talked about Purusha and Prakriti back in I think like July um, I always liken Purusha to energy mm-hmm. so like we all know in our hashtag science or if you don't welcome to science class everything is made <laughs> of energy and matter right and energy can neither be created nor destroyed and it's energy that literally holds the atoms of your body your cells together and like we'd love to think that we're these amazing you know solid skin suits but really we're vibrating protons electrons and energy so, to me, being, you know, a STEM-educated Hoosier in 2019, almost 2020, right? Like, to me, Purusha is the energy that can never be destroyed. It, it changes form. It moves from space to space. But it never actually changes in the fundamental qualities of what it is. Mm-hmm. And so that is Purusha. So... I think that's also kind of why they moved away from this like big buff dude identity to like now it's this quality because if it's a deity they're kind of locked you're kind of locked into an identity but as you start to move Purusha beyond that you can see how this could also apply to the soul Mm -hmm. or the fundamental energy of heat right that's a really important idea that energy is not created nor destroyed but when it's there it's always there and it's there for you so like that i think is kind of why it moved again my theory i'm sure there's sanskrit scholars that would be like no wrong but that's like the way i've looked at it is like purusha is that energetic quality that will never go away it just shifts around and so your your goal then as energy shifts as purusha shifts is to continue to recognize it which is why it's important in these contexts right you need to recognize the eternal quality of the parts of your life that are eternal no matter how you define those, right? Your soul, the beat of your heart, the breath, the God. It doesn't really matter. Whatever's eternal to you, your job is to recognize it. So that's Purusha. And then Prakriti is anything that shifts form, basically. So, spoiler, according to the second law of thermodynamics, we move from (laughs) order to chaos. And in chaos lives Prakriti, right? Mm -hmm. So that is matter that decomposes, bodies that eventually degrade, um, food that decomposes, leaves that fall, people that live or die, civilization, civilizations that rise and then fall, that is property. And so in property, you have to recognize that as much as we want things not to change, because again, humans love when things don't change. We are literally wired for it. They are going to. Yes. And so then you've taken this time to recognize what is eternal, then you can have some joy in the evolution of your life and your experience because you're watching growth 
or change or shifting or decomposition, whatever way you want to look at it, you're watching something change shape. And that takes both pieces of like a philosophy and marries them together. It says like you're looking for the eternal while taking joy in the change. And I think you can probably talk to any therapist who says like when you aren't able to marry those two things together, (laughs) there's some like deep like soul level struggle, Mm -hmm. right? So Purusha and Prakriti are tools to kind of do that more or less. Well, I I think what you just said, tools are critical. It's Mm -hmm. a, these are such useful tools to manage life because, Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about this in the 300 hour the other day that that we are so disillusioned to change, but Mm -hmm. that change is literally so it's right now our cells are changing. It's literally a law. There's an actual law. A a law. She don't stop. (laughs) Like it's you're you're on a one way train. She doesn't stop. (laughs) And one of the, um, one of the analogies from my childhood that I think often about Prakriti is that sometimes it feels, it feels um, muddled with Purusha, but it's it's its own thing all the time because mm-hmm. in this in this way of thinking about it, because like when I was a kid, I would go to the beach and I could walk on the beach and you know the tide would come in, it would go out, but I could walk on the beach. Mm-hmm. Now because of how the sand has moved over time and the you know the world has changed over time that piece of sand is always covered mm. with water. Yeah. So it's that constant, it's as constant as a grain of sand being shifted yes. over and over and over again. Um, and the other thing that I, which doesn't have anything to do with Purusha, but I think often like we, we just forget that our physical beings are prakritic. Yes, absolutely. And then you like constantly, everything around us really is constantly changing. Um, but then the, the other way I've thought of Purusha and Prakriti for a while is uh, like a bee colony. That like, you know, the whole thing is in service to the queen. Yes. And all the worker bees die at an alarming rate. I mean, they, they live for like, I don't actually know anymore. But They're not that long. Kept, yeah, I kept, kept, I kept, I kept yeah. They live not, they live like what, one-tenth of the life of a queen. A queen can live like ten years. Yeah. And while obviously a queen also dies and changes. Yeah. It's all kind of in service to this yes. one thing that is unchanging and like ripples out mm-hmm. from her and vibrates around her. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I often think of it like kind of the colony of bees. Um, why would you say, or, or what would you say you would encourage people to do with this information? Because I think these are, these are two terms that are either thrown out kind of without consideration mm-hmm. for the depth, but also not talked about ever. Yes. Um, so, like, what do we do with these terms as everyday practitioners? Well, that's such a good question. I think we actually are really good at recognizing the eternal. We literally build monuments into mountains because we are obsessed as humans with the idea of eternal internality. Like the Taj Mahal exists to like immortalize a human, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, and that's beautiful. What I actually would encourage more people to do is to sit with the fluctuations of a lived experience and see how those are no less divine than that which is eternal. Mm-hmm. Like we love the idea that we're like superior or like that we're demigods or we're like amazing or we were the first to something or we like PR'd on a new thing. Like those are all aspects of like divinity 
which is very easy to attribute to like a Perushic quality, right? It's something that's beyond the form. It's that it's that it's eternal. Yes, I'm never gonna die. Like Elon Musk is putting all this money into like if I have Loki had this theory for a long time that like Elon Musk puts all this money into like cryogenic freezing and like his <laughs> launching himself into Mars because he fundamentally has a fear of death. Mm-hmm. And all that's rad, cool. Elon Musk get you, I guess. That's cool. But I think we get that. I think we long for divinity as an embodied human experience. What we don't love is the reality of the acknowledging of the changing of the world around us. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, if your body's shifting, embrace that in whatever way that looks like. Like, maybe it's a gray hair. Maybe you've lost or gained weight. Not that we advocate for either here. But, like... Or maybe you're getting stronger, or maybe you're getting less strong, or maybe your flexibility has shifted. Like, instead of immediately taking a change as a negative, embrace that as required to for divinity. Mm-hmm. Like, divinity cannot exist unless we see that there is also something that shifts. Like, you can't define Purusha and Prakriti separate from one another. So the fact that there's something that shifts gives more power or more recognition to the fact that something doesn't shift. So like when shifts happen in your life, however they happen, try to approach them with the same reverence and love as you would with something that feels divine to you or sacred to you. And so like rejoice in them if you can. And I mean, sometimes change is not fun and there's not a lot of rejoicing. Like let's be very clear about that too. We're not here to put like, a smiley happy face on like things that are really hard changes but you but, can still see them in that way well and I think to uh to tie it in from the previous weeks especially our first week this year which was you know, now begins the practice of yoga is to be an active participant mm-hmm. because the change is going to occur and you can't anticipate or mm-hmm. anything like that but when it occurs be an active participant in that whether that's just acknowledging my body is changing I'm getting older um, you know, like there was a death, there was, there was this kind of shift. If that, that might just be the acknowledgement of it and being an active participant instead of denying it or trying to create more friction, right? Instead, like be an active participant in that thing and then, and then acknowledge the thread to the divinity that it has. Yeah. Right. Even soften it. Absolutely. And like change is inevitable. And the more we fight it, the less we're actually existing in Kriyak yoga state, like that flow state that we should be aiming for as people who practice or study yoga. The other thing is, if you continue on the metaphor of like, let's say Purusha is energy from a science perspective and Prakriti is matter, right? Neither is really at the end of the day created or destroyed. Right? So, like, even though one is eternal and fixed and one is mutable, because it's kind of really where it's going, they all came from the original impetus of creation. Mm -hmm. And so, to deny them both their sacredness is kind of also missing the point. And the easiest way to see things as sacred is to take the weird, minuscule, goofy things in your life, truly, and say, this is a manifestation of the same energy that literally created the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. Like, the decomposition of the carbon in my body is the exact same as what happens to a star as it dies and shifts into a different form. So, I think everyone gets Purusha. I think people love Purusha. People don't love Prakriti. So, make peace with Prakriti. 
make peace with the shifts, see them all as divine, and like love the hell out of them. Honestly, 